What is this guy doing? Okay. Good morning. Well, here we go. We are continuing in our journey to Jerusalem, and Jesus always has something to say to us as he's speaking to his disciples on how to follow Jesus, and so we're going to walk through that with him, and I thought I would start by just trying to grasp how you measure things in your life. Uh, I'm not sure what you see here. If this represented your life, which one would be yours? Uh, is it this one or maybe, yeah, you know, I got a family, I, I got a job, you know, things are doing okay. Maybe, maybe that's your life, maybe, maybe this was yours. It was full, it just, oh, it's so amazing, right? So where is your life at? Some of you would say, well, it's sort of half full, life sort of thing. Some of you are more on the other side, life's half empty. I still want more. Uh, and some of you are just, this is the way life is, you know. It's just, just the way it is. So we want to look at that today, what Jesus wants to teach us, because Jesus does, he does want to set us free. He wants us to have a, a life that is full, John 10, 10. He wants us to experience this. But what is one way that we can do that? And so we're going to look at that in the, in the place of gratitude. That is not my sermon. <laughs> we might want to adjust that one. Uh, so that gives me freedom. <laughs> but we are looking at uh, Luke chapter 17. And we're going to look at when Jesus is walking with his disciples... He has something to teach them, and so Luke chapter 7, you're going to have to look this up. You got your phones, you got your Bibles, there's some Bibles in, the, in front of you. Let's, oh, this is good, this is good. John 17, verses 11. Have, Luke, thank you. It's in the gospel, <laughs> and we're into Luke. Appreciate that, Pastor Tom. <laughs> It's not in my notes. I'm dependent on a screen. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we do come to your word, we ask, Lord, that you would speak into our lives right where we are. And, Lord, that we would come away more free, full freedom, because we're coming to you. We thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So we get this picture. He's walking along. He's got the disciples, probably others following him. And he, he's walking into this village. And there's 10 men who had leprosy. Let's just think through what leprosy is. It is the worst disease there is in that day. It attacks the body. It leaves sores, missing fingers, missing toes, damaged limbs. It may cause initial pain, but it gives way to something even more terrible, a loss of sensation. You think of your life, a loss of sensation, of nerve endings, leading to more damage and more body parts. 
a disease that sort of runs its course in 30 years and just destroys the body. And here they are. They're staying their distance. Because when you think lepers, they could not get close to those around them. They were outcasts. That so much outcast that even Jews and Samaritans hung out together because they weren't part of the community. They lived outside the community. So that's why as Jesus and his disciples were coming into the village, they were out on the outskirts saying, Jesus, Master, they had to stay their distance. Have mercy on us. And this teacher or master was a very uh, a respectful word of Jesus, just crying out for them. Have mercy. And we are here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and this is what just amazes me. Here's the ten people of leprosy. And... Thank you so much for getting that uh, on screen for us. Now that everybody can watch or have it on there, right? You can take notes. And they, Jesus says to them, I want you to go to the priests. Now, a priest was not just those that worked in the, the temple to do sacrifices or uh, do the Sunday or Sabbath services sort of thing. The priests, were also the ones that did the health, they were health officials. They would give you a pass to say, okay, you can be part of the community if you were healed. So Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And this is the cool part. As they were going, they're walking along, and all of a sudden, hey, my fingers. They were cleansed, they were healed. And you think, whoa, wouldn't there be 10 of them just, yeah! Only one, only one said, whoa, ran back. I was going to fall to my knees, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> fell to his knees, because he had knees to do that, and was just thanking Jesus. Have you ever been in that place of such gratitude that something, someone did something for you? that you would fall to their, your knees and say, oh, thank you so much. I was going to say, the kids that are here, you should be doing that to mom and dad. <laughs> Just thank you so much. You know, we should be so grateful. And here is, here's the sad part. Only one person. And Jesus asked, where are the ten? Jesus knew he had cleansed ten of the lepers that had leprosy, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except a foreigner? It was a Samaritan. Is he slamming the Jewish people that should have understood this? His only a Samaritan came. He says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So we know the stats. It's a low stat of those who are grateful for things that happen in their lives. One out of ten. That's a Jesus stat. He said one out of ten came back. And I was like, wow. 
only one of these miraculous healings. One of them came back. So my question was, what should we be grateful for? Is there a measure? Like, does this thing have to overflow like that? Is that when we give thanks to Jesus? That's when we're so grateful because your life is overflowing with everything, material things, relationships. Everything is going so great. Is that when we should be grateful? And I ask that question. Like, what does it take to be grateful? Like, where do we have to go in that? The church is a church we, we give, we help people when they come and they're so, they are grateful in the moment. Many, many times when we as the church help people, they say, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. And I've learned over the years, just they know you're not. <laughs> this is a gift. But in my early years as a pastor, and I had one, one guy he came to, uh, to me and said, I crashed my truck, I lost my wallet, and I need to get home to my, in a different town. And I'm like, okay. Sure. And he goes, I'll pay you back. And so I, and he kept saying, you know, and I'm listening to his story, and I'm like, wow, lost your wallet? Yeah, okay, you know, all this stuff. He had nothing. And he kept saying, I'll pay it back, I'll pay it back. So eventually, we, I gave him a couple hundred dollars. Our church was not a big church. We didn't have a lot of money. So a couple hundred dollars was a huge thing. But we, we gave it. And, you know, he's gone. He's going out of town. And it was a couple weeks later on the Sunday morning, this guy shows up with the money. He says, I said I would pay it back. I am so grateful that you helped me in my time of need. And it was a heart-filled gratitude. He was just overflowing with praise and thanks that a church would do that for this guy. But how grateful are we? There's something about a heart of gratitude that this one person with leprosy learned about there's something that flows in freedom when we give thanks to Jesus. There's something about giving thanks and with a heart of gratitude that changes our whole life. It has an impact on us. So Jesus is not being mean by saying, where's the other nine? The scriptures are not saying, oh, they're so harsh. They're not even, you know, we're just supposed to give thanks to Jesus. Does he really care about my life? If he cared about my life, it should be full. But I want to share something today about even this life with what you have as little is full with Jesus. Let's see how that looks. First of all, we need to understand, understand gratitude is God's will for us. This is something he implemented for us, for a purpose, that no matter where your life situation is, no matter what, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And some of us here even, 
some of us watching online, are going through some really horrible situations. So what does this mean to give thanks to God? How do we go about doing that? How does this make me feel better? Well, I, I, I put this on my wall in my office. I got a piece of paper I wrote it on. Okay, no. uh, Every gift of God is doubled in value when its source is recognized. Every gift of God is doubled in value when its source is recognized. When we come to realize and just take a, a sacrifice of praise and say, thank you, God, that you are with me. You are my strength. It's doubled. It's acknowledging God in the midst. God is not being mean, but he's rather, he's, he's helping you to be set free in your circumstance, in your situation. In Psalms 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Again, it's not focusing around your circumstance. It's focusing on Jesus. That is the secret here that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. Don't get caught up in these things. Jesus wants us to be free. If there be faith, there will be praise. If there is praise, there will be faith. It's the journey of the Christian life is walking with Jesus and just even in the toughest of our circumstances that we're able just to, to focus on him. In Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful and be thankful. Psalms 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. See, when we recognize we're not giving praise and getting caught up in our circumstances, oh, my life is overfolding. So times, many times when we are so blessed with all the material, all the relationships, everything is good, we don't give gratitude to Jesus neither. So we recognize I need to give thanks to Jesus for who he is. One scholar put it this way, the scripture urges that if we truly know God, we can't help but be grateful to him. Think about that. If we truly know God, we can't help but be grateful to him. Just like a healthy relationship, you don't fake, a, oh, thank you. It's a gratitude. Uh, we need to practice this. I know I need to practice this heart of thanks. God, you are good. We need to do it more and more. Another person wrote, we are to be thankful not only for the things we like, <laughs> but for the circumstances we don't like. When we purposely thank God for everything, he allows us to come, to come into our lives 
and will keep us from bitterness. So we can't be both thankful and bitter. So if you are in a heart of thankful to God, not necessarily for the the evil that has become you, but just thankful to God that he is your strength. Lord, thank you that you give me strength to walk through this. Thank you for your peace in the midst of this. You can't get bitter. We can grieve and still be thankful. We can hurt and still be thankful. We can be angry at sin and still be thankful. Another one says, We don't thank him for harm he did not cause, but we thank him when he gives us the strength to endure. We thank him for his promise that all things will work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So it is an, an act of God's will that we would do this, that we would be thankful for all in Jesus Christ that he is there. Another one, gratitude glorifies God, plain and simple. Um, Click too many times. Second Corinthians, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That this is about salvation. That more and more people would discover forgiveness. More and more people would discover freedom as we sung from addictions. Freedom from depression. That God would set people free for the glory of God. Our focus as a follower of Jesus needs to be on Jesus. And often we can get sidetracked because we live in the present world. And sometimes our cup feels pretty empty. So I'm encouraging you as I encourage myself and speak to myself that I need to constantly give thanks to Jesus. To give gratitude to him in every day. So we don't lose focus. We focus on him. To give praise to him. And this is really where I discover, from the, again, from the scriptures, uh, don't worry about anything. <laughs> I know some of you hate this verse. Okay? Because it's part of our mental challenge that uh, anxiety exists. But if you can not focus on don't worry, just skip that. Uh, tell God what you need. This is where you need to go. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Every day, tell God what you need, but then thank him for all that he has done. And God says something here. You will experience God's peace. This cup will overflow. It's amazing. We experience peace. We get a better perspective on life because it's not consuming us. Some of you, I do this, I write things down. That's I journal so I can see what God's doing because my brain travels everywhere. So this helps me. 
So I thank him for all he's done. I'll share my, my struggles, my needs with him. But he gives peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make any sense. And I've told some of you that, you know, you're excited for Linda and I going to the island. And I'm like, well, I'm not excited yet. But we are at full peace. And we know God's going to do something. But excited is probably not the word right now. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm at full peace at what God wants to do. That's what fills the cup. That's what gives us a whole better perspective on life when we're able to do this. And again, some of you have gone through some horrific things in life. Some of you are well blessed and you feel just so blessed. But no matter where we are, your life could look like this on Facebook or it can look like this. But what matters is Christ in your life. Christ needs to fill it. And a heart of gratitude is just that place where you have peace. There is a sense of perspective, a contentment, all those things get wrapped up. Entitlement holds us back. If you say, God, where are you? God, why don't you provide for me? God, why don't you do this? And God has broad shoulders, and it's okay. <laughs> but if we live in that entitlement, it holds us back from filling that cup. But gratitude propels us forward into the life God designed for us. It is life-changing. So the men that had leprosy, nine of them could have went off and tried to experience life thinking all these things now I can do. But it's still going to be empty. That one that came back to Jesus with a heart filled with gratitude and thanksgiving, that's the one that experiences the fullness of Christ. And each one of us, we live in a very comfortable society, even with inflation, even with the struggles. When we look around the world, we are pretty blessed. But some of us have relationship struggles. Some of us have health issues, financial issues. And I am not preaching uh, name it, claim it gospel here. What I am saying is the heart of contentment where God moves in us that even though it's not full with all those things in this world, we have peace and joy. What the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit in the fullness. If we practice a heart of gratitude, that we can experience this. And I long for each one of you to experience that. I want to continue to stay connected and hear what God is doing in your life. And here's just one thing that I, if I can leave this with you, that you would take this on. I'm going to make you do some work this morning. How many people have a pen or a pencil in their hand? Or have one available to them? A few of you. There is a pen at the end of the pews, okay? There is a sticky note. 
Now, you can't take the pad with you. You rip it off, and you can give it to the next person, and you can pass it down. But the notepad needs to stay in the building, okay? <laughs> so everybody's going to get a sticky note. You can share a pen and be grateful there's one around. And then this is what I'm going to ask you to do. In that sticky note, you're going to write down something of gratitude to God. You know, for me, God, it's his peace. I could just write one word, peace, because that's where I'm experiencing right now, peace. Some of you, you're struggling, and you just want to say, God, in my midst, it's strength. You give me strength, faithfulness. You write the word that you feel God is, you know, you need to give over to him. Now, this is a one-time thing here today. I'm going to give you instruction on what you're going to do with that sticky note. But I want you to take this home and teach it to your kids, to your family. Do it for seven days. If it's every morning or at dinner time, you have your sticky note, invest in good ones so they stay on the wall. <laughs> and don't be cheap. Uh, get some good sticky notes or if they want to draw, and you put it on a wall in your house every day. What are we grateful today? Can you imagine a four-year-old? Or how about a teenager? <laughs> yeah, could they be grateful to God? Just the right, I'm grateful to God for this, that he is my strength. He is faithful. He is so merciful. He still loves me. I am struggling in sin, but God, you are merciful. You are the victory. Any of those words you can write. And then following, the worship team's going to come up in a minute, and then we're going to end off the service, and we're going to go out those doors. And behind the sound booth in the lobby, there's that wall. You go stick your sticky note on that wall. And it's going to be a wall of gratitude. And we're just going to praise Jesus that he is good even in our circumstances. He is our provider, our Jehovah Jireh. There's a thousand names for God we sung about. Heavenly Father, as we just close off this part, Lord, we haven't always been grateful. We always haven't shown this heart of gratitude. And I pray even as we take this task, may it stir in our hearts. May you move in our hearts to a step of gratitude every day for all that you give us. For you truly are a good, good God.